Hi, I'm Kyle. I am the game master for Facades of Gods. And today I am going to be interviewing one of our players. Um, probably the first person I talked to about this project, Alex. Would you mind introducing yourself? Oh, hey, I'm Alex. What do you want to know? What, what else do you want me to tag on to my name? <laughs> A- anything that you feel might be appropriate at the very start. Age, sex, location? Let's do this. All right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Early internet. Absolutely. ASL. Let's do this. No, um, my name is Alex. I started Soul Story about a year ago, and that's really, that's really it as far as experience goes. I've been DMing for a while. And I'm sure I'll be talking all about that at some point in this. I don't want to give away all the spoilers. Uh, spoilers? Me spoilers. dig for spoilers? What? Never. No. Man, am I nervous. I've done these before and I'm nervous. Nervous? Ooh. Why are you nervous? Mm. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> so I guess uh, let's go back to way, way long time ago when I first brought up this project to you. Yes. Um... And, you know, we were sort of haphazardly talking about it. I guess my pitch was more over a span of, like, a couple weeks instead of just outright to you. (laughs) Um, Given that awful version of a pitch, why did you agree to join on Fog and uh, host and, you know, be the producer? Oh, yeah, I probably should have said, I'm the producer. Uh, (laughs) You know, I didn't want to... I'm a producer. I don't want the spotlight. Fuck it. Sorry, I want to make sure my dog stopped scratching there. So, right. no, um, your pitch definitely was a process in the sense of, like, I wanted to, wanted to know everything immediately. And you were like, no, not yet. I'm like, but I, but I gotta. I gotta know. And it was pulling teeth, but I think it was worth it in the sense of I was glad that you were able to come to me with a full thought-out show with what exactly that you wanted. And I am all about that. I like someone who's prepared, who knows what they want, and has a plan. And where you did not have a plan, I can make a plan for you. And I'm really good at that. So I guess beyond the technical matters of it all, too, I mean, you're my friend. We started talking after the Cthulhu and Friends audition, and then I must have been on the Beyond the Abyss that I was like, oh, hey, by the way, you're a voice twin for Matthew Broderick, and we both like Archer. Sweet. Let's be best friends. So we seem to have a pretty natural friendship connection, which I don't experience that a whole lot with people. And when you also asked me to be a part of the show beyond a black shirt behind the curtain, I, I was stoked. Straight up stoked, because I know this project is going to be amazing. And it's going to be so much fun, and there's so much about it that I'm very excited for. Well, please keep going. My ego's not going to fit in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I, later, later. Oh, dude, I'll, dude, I'll think go of on, nice later. please. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> so y- you listened to one of the first projects that I was a part of, at least a little bit, um, and we both listened to Cthulhu and Friends. What what other podcasts do you listen to? Uh, do you have a favorite among those that aren't the ones that we've mentioned? Or is it just kind of, you know, a, a cluster of them? So my very first podcast was Beer and Battle. 
or beer and battles is that the plural it's been a while since i've listened to it but it was my first podcast i listened to and that was maybe a year before i really dived deep into podcasts so i i have two flavors of podcasts i have actual plays and i have true crime and that's really all i listen to it's all i have time to listen to i know there's a lot of good shows out there um I really enjoyed the Adventure Zone and their balance arc. I'm still trying to get, uh, I'm trying to get into. That sounds awful. Amnesty isn't so much my flavor. I'm a little bit behind on it. I, I of course, listen to Critical Role when I have the hot minute of four hours to do it. Try to think of what other actual plays I currently listen to. My phone keeps lighting up and it's distracting me. Turn cloaks. <laughs> that's right. Well, you showed me turn cloaks, and I really like turn cloaks. But then, like true crime stuff. Last podcast on the left, I I will listen to the second it comes out every Friday. I really like, and that's why we drink as well. I listen to that every mm. Sunday when I take my self care bubble bath. Like those are two that I will listen on the dot every week too. Nice, nice. So I guess then, what intrigued you about the nature of this podcast? That like, so you're going to be a part of. And this is a little bit of a description of how our, our show is going to be progressing. Hopefully people have at least a little bit of an understanding, mm -hmm. but um, it's going to be partially actual play and partial audio drama. What kind, what kind of intrigued you about that? I haven't really heard anything like that before. I'm still relatively new to the big wide world of podcasting in the sense that there's so many shows, there's no way you could possibly listen to everyone ever. But when you told me about that combo, I thought that was genius where it seems like you either have a heavy audio drama or you have a heavy actual play. And I think having those gaps between being filled of what, what's going on with the players and what's happening in the world besides what's happening with the players will make the world more fleshed out. And I think that will give a, a better understanding to the listeners. Because, you know, listeners always want to know more. They want to know more about random NPC that you just named on the spot. They want to know the story that's going on, even if the players are like, nah, I don't like that quest line. We're going to go elsewhere. Deuces. And so I feel like the audio drama is going to be a good way of exploring things that the players might not, in theory, and still give the sense of, of a full world. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to achieve the completeness of that aspect for it. Um, and... I've been using that word a whole lot because of the system that we're using, which is fate. So yeah, I'm sorry if it's it sounds overused. It's just that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I know you game. I know you do podcast work. Uh, mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of stuff that you actually do. But in your downtime, you know, when you're not working, it's, I know it's hard to imagine, but when you're <laughs> not working, what do you like to do? Well, so, again, when you and I first started talking, I was working three jobs, basically. And I just finished up my undergrad. Right now, I'm just in grad school, and that's what I'm focusing on, is grad school. So I'm actually not... I, don't get me wrong, grad school's hard. <laughs> There's a lot of work that goes into it, but it's not like work work, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm going to sound like the most boring person, really. Uh, I moved to the D.C. area here within the last six months. And I've only just started recently being able to go out and explore things. So I've been to the museums a few times, and that's a lot of fun. But I am such a hobbit that I really like my my apartment. 
I like that I have my games on cycle. If I have a free <laughs> minute, usually I'm I'm either editing for Soul Story or I am playing Overwatch. I've been playing The Forest a lot lately too with one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And I just touched on Black Desert Online. So those are kind of my my rotations currently and I watch a lot of TV too. Again, I'm just a I'm boring. I like things simple and I like to be entertained. So if I can do that with wearing yoga pants and no shoes, I'm going to. Hey, look, I mean, I have I don't think many people have room to say much because that sounds like a lot of people I know, but especially <laughs> that sounds like me. I love being like I'm a homebody. So no, we're same wavelength there. Okay, good. Whew. My no, people. You're... <laughs> so you did talk a little bit about uh, some of the games that you kind of have in your rotation. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know that you've also played a lot of D&D in, in your history of gaming. Yes. Um, but how, how long exactly have you been gaming? Oh, man. Uh, my dad started teaching me how to play D&D when I was six years old. And I probably was playing as much as a six-year-old can possibly play D&D. Until I was about maybe 10 or 11, my dad was deployed. We moved. We had different friends. We had different than the friends that we did have that were gaming with us. Couldn't game anymore. You know, adult stuff. And maybe when I was like 15, 15 or 16, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start DMing. I want to play D&D. I gonna make my friends play D&D so we're gonna play D&D and I I my dad I'm very fortunate in the sense that I come from a household of nerds my parents well they're like I wouldn't call it a date but they played D&D together early on in their relationship we I got out of school to go see the last Lord of the Rings movie like we come from from good good nerdy roots here so <laughs> When I told my dad, hey, I want to DM, he was like, great, here's all this stuff. And so I got a bunch of books, a bunch of campaigns, and still to this day, I go home sometimes. He's like, hey, do you want this book? Yes. Yes, I do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, at 16, I started kind of DMing, and then college hit, and then I started writing my own campaign. I probably wasn't hitting my stride until about when I was 20. And since then, I've been DMing. I just don't want to reveal my age because a lady never reveals her age. Over the course of such a long tenure in gaming, you have to have some sort of gaming superstition. Please indulge me. What is it? What 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 gaming superstition dost thou have? You know what's super funny? I wrote these fucking questions. I didn't think of a single one. Okay, let's see. My gaming superstition. My my superstition is don't roll my dice. Someone for someone else, or what do you mean? And, so, like, don't reach across the table and take my dice. They're not french fries. Don't take my fucking french fries either. But they're, they're not yours. They're mine. And don't put your weird juju on my dice. Don't do it. I actually have, you know, as someone who plays a lot of D&D does, have a lot of dice. And so I have them separated out into, okay, here are the dice my players can use if I'm DMing and they forgot their dice. Here are my dice. And here's my DM dice. And here's the dice for my characters, specifically for different characters. I'm an organizing monster. I can't help it. But the I, I have a little bit of wiggle room on my dice that aren't my DM dice, but very specifically, no one's allowed to touch my DM dice. And that's something I learned from my dad. He mm. 
his DM dice are black with red font. So when I really started seriously DMing, I was like, well, I need some black and red dice. Mine are, I have two different sets. I have a black glittery set and a red glittery set. But, you know, premise is still there. And they roll so well for me. And there's times where I, they're the first dice I see because I was DMing a lot. So I would just leave it on the table. And I was like, oh, but I have to roll a character. And so I'd roll a character using the DM dice. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is right. going to look like I was cheated. I did not cheat. They're just my DM dice. And they're, they're meant to roll well. <laughs> that they are. That's, that just seems to be universal for that, huh? <laughs> so, you know, I don't want anyone to ruin my good dice. Oh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's perfectly understandable. It sounds like you kind of have um, kind of a, a multiple, uh, quote-unquote, superstitions kind of layered on there. Um, first of all, I actually have something similar, but we'll get to that in my interview. Second of all, you need to stop copying me because my DM dice are also red and black. Everyone has had an epic failure in gaming. I have had many myself. But since this is your interview, hmm? tell me about yours. It can be one giant one or a series or however you want to put it. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm perfect in every way possible. Next. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want it from a DM perspective or a player perspective? Ooh, DM perspective is interesting. Um, sure. Let's okay. go with that one. Okay. So this was during the height of us all gaming together, the my my family squad, the four or five of us. And I was working on an old campaign. It was the second edition of campaign of um Shadowdale. And I was really enjoying it. It was fun going through like D and D and D. <laughs> the advanced D D stuff. Yeah. And and converting <laughs> rules to fifth edition. And my intention was because this was an old campaign, I wanted it to be set in history. And then the after the results of this exploration of messing in this world for a little bit, we'd go to another game that I was really looking forward to that was a um I I, th I think I literally just call it the murder party campaign. It's a mystery whodunit clue kind of game. Mm -hmm. and with a lot of political intrigue and I had a lot of invested in it and of course it got silly real quick but <laughs> the, the the big hook too for exploring stuff in Shadowdale is that their characters in Shadowdale were going to be relatives to the people in Murder Party and I let them know that I was like just so, so you know like as you're thinking of characters and stuff think of how, how you want to develop this character because I'm going to give you a perk in the next game for having this heritage. And, but, you know, I actually want to see something on the table about it, not just, oh, I mm. had a high strength, you know. Yeah, yeah. So at the time I was having uh, a little bit of difficulty with one of my players, and it's, <laughs> I'm so petty. It started out because she was trying to change her stats at the table without talking to me, and we were, like, game two. Ooh. And mm -mm. she's like, well, I realize I put proficiency here, and I shouldn't have done it, and I should have done it here. But it, it literally the only reason she was changing it at the time was because she wanted to do a check and she wanted a good job on, on the check. And so I allowed it, but I was definitely teeth gritting about it. Or maybe I didn't allow it. I don't know. It was a while ago. My memory's awful. Either way, what I do remember is that I was very upset. 
And mm-hmm. as we went into the dungeon part of the campaign, it was getting nasty and scary and hard. And then this friend said, well, don't worry, guys. She can't kill me because of what she has planned for the next story. If she kills me, I have no heritage. And I was like, all right, I'm <laughs> killing you. <laughs> and again, so petty. So petty. It's a perfect so, way like, to put a target on your back for, yeah. for like any of you. I'm like, oh, you're saying I can't kill you? Hmm. Freaking watch <laughs> me. Yeah, no. If, I'm going to say I should have started this off. This is not my brightest hour as a DM. Uh, and so really my... I want to say my goal wasn't to kill her. I definitely wanted to scare her. Because I also have the belief that if you don't have death in a game, if you have a game completely without character death, it's boring. There's no threat. There's no fun. So I don't yeah. mind killing off characters. Like, it, when it happens, it happens kind of thing. I don't usually get so... You're in my sights about it. Mm. But uh, they had just finished like a, a semi-boss fight. And they said, we're not going to rest. Ooh. And we're going to keep exploring. And I was like, okay, that's a choice you get to make. And then they ran into a roper. And one of my other players died. And then another player died. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and, and she was booking it out. The one that I had originally kind of intended to. I had the other thing about the roper was I put this monster in for an added challenge. Like, it wasn't meant to be there. So, I threw down a monster that was just a little too strong. It might have been a little too strong, even if they were at full health with all their spell slots. Yeah. And, needless to say, that it ended in a TPK. And, well, I can't joke about it now. It definitely wasn't my finest moment as a DM. I feel like going after anyone spiteful like that is bad. It's... Didn't make me feel great on my insides, on my feelies, my believies. I learned a lot in that moment. And I learned that I'm not a TPK kind of DM. Again, I don't mind if characters die. But, like, purposely making it harder for the chance of death was just not... Not good. It wasn't a good play. And it definitely left... What my original intention was to give them that threat of of fear. I kind of got the players more stubborn and a little bit hostile towards one another instead. And it just, it, it didn't do great. So I'd say that was my biggest mess up as, particularly as a DM. Yeah, I, I, I can see how, how that was definitely a attempting path to go down. Um, I've had a player once myself who is definitely like that. Anywho. So you mentioned that you were you were doing uh, graduate work now um, that mm-hmm. you had been in an undergrad you were doing all sorts of jobs um, uh, yeah so school is something that many of us are currently dealing with um, but your focus uh, in school right now is actually very topical for our show uh, could you elaborate on on why that is yeah sure so get ready for this mouthful my master's is going to be in forensic and legal psychology with a specialization in counterintelligence so that means i like crime for people who don't know (laughs) (laughs) all Uh, right when i before i went to graduate school i was telling people while i was going to school for i said forensic psychology and they're like oh what are you gonna do crime and they always did a double take and you know it's good it's fun 
So oh, yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, maybe. Let me get a full sentence out first. <laughs> so <laughs> because I have this interest in crime, I, I mentioned it with the podcast. I mentioned clearly this is what I'm going after. And as far as a career, I think that full sentences, Alex, Kyle, at this point, have we revealed it's a noir and such? Like, I, I want to know what I can talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's fine. Um, I Bianca had a, a little bit that she talked about with the base knowledge of what you all have. So okay. that's fine. Cool. Cool. If I overstep, just let me know. So uh, you act like I can't edit this. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but, uh, that, you know, that's more important. Stop me before I get going too far. Okay. So Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, I, I believe that my crime degree is going to be helpful in a noir, even though the character I'm playing isn't a coppa. I might be playing a criminal. Of sorts. So you're saying that your, your focus in school is crime, and you're not <laughs> going to be a a someone on on the right side of the law uh-huh. well, let's just mm-hmm. put it euphemistically um yeah. y- y- so okay I, all right all right <laughs> <laughs> i mean so i i know I, god i do not put me on air saying i know how to get away with crime that's definitely not what i'm getting at what i'm getting at is i understand the facets that go behind it particularly the the mindset behind it the like what makes a person tick and why they would do make those decisions and sometimes it's not an active decision. It, most of the time, it's not. Like it, right. it sounds awful dismissing it like that because they make the choices, but it's because their brains are wired differently, and you know that can't be helped sometimes. Yeah, it's it's very circumstantial, and it can be uh, based on you know the person, like their upbringing, you know what, a whole bunch of different factors. I mean, a, a lot of what people in general would be familiar is it like it's kind of like profiling but it's it's not exactly that yeah so profiling hmm. okay you're gonna hear a lot of mixed things i have heard before that there's no such thing as profiling and i've heard that there's definitely a thing as profiling there's a behavioral science unit in the fbi and they in theory do profiling but it's not like you go to the fbi to be a profiler that, the, right. that that's kind of the mix-up uh, for yeah. people who, who don't who don't know um so my original goal is like i'm gonna be a profiler and then every 20 something white girl with blonde hair wants to be a profiler i'm not saying that's why i, I moved to counterintelligence counterintelligence uh, when i picked the school that i'm going to i i picked it because they had that as a specialization and i was like huh i want to do super crime <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what I've learned, and you know, of course, I have had zero experience in counterintelligence or intelligence in general, and intelligence being the, the field specifically, because I also say I take an intelligence class, and people are like, "What does that mean?" Intelligence is just meaning gathering, researching, and disp- like and, and dispersing information about stuff. That's intelligence. So, so this intelligence aspect uh, and this character I am looking forward to playing is a very logical thinker. She's looking at things from a lot of different angles, and she's going to be interested in gathering information, mostly to save her ass, I imagine. Uh, but I, I think by having these different aspects of, of this degree I'm going into, it's going to really play into the character I am going to be portraying. And I think I'll make some interesting decisions that other players might not just based off of. And back that up. It's not that I'll make interesting decisions for myself. It's just that I'll see characteristics happening within characters and play that off of each other 
and be like, oh, I see what's happening. I'm just going to tweak it there and tweak it there. And boom. Now we have a whole new scene. Thanks to me. Exactly. Psychology and crime. So, you know, I'm I'm excited. I think it's not something I will be actively looking my textbooks to do anything with. But I think my experiences will influence it. Yeah, absolutely. That was Uh, a long ass answer. No, no, it's great. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so I guess we'll then get to the time capsule questions. Um, time so capsule, time capsule. For and I explained this in the other one, but I'll put it. I'll explain it here too. Uh, these are going to be questions that I'll ask now, uh, and then at the end of like the first season or arc or however, uh, we're going to break it down uh, when whenever we decide it's appropriate to revisit this. Um, a year from now. These are going to be... Okay, yeah. So a year from now, we will revisit these and see what differences there were from kind of the player's expectations of what were going to happen in the game. So first of all, what do you think is going to happen in the game? What do I think is going to happen in the game? I think... I think we're going to, it's not that we're going to mess up things more. I think we're going to become more powerful than what we anticipate. I, I think we're going to find some useful trinkets and gadgets, gizmos galore, or meet a few influential people. And I think we are going to either impress them through our acts of valor or our wits or something like that and i think by by the end or by the time that we revisit this i think we're going to be a lot more powerful than we really start thought we would be at the beginning of the game oh that's fair that's a fair assumption progression I, I, in I know game, it sounds like maybe we'll see no no i mean God, that sounds you're right that sounds dumb. like oh, we're gonna level up no it's not what i mean god damn it kyle no i mean like i i think it goes back to me saying like i i'm gonna purposely try to tweak stuff Right. Right. And so I, I think for I, I imagine that the other players are going to be trying to kind of find their best effort too to to find something. But I think we're really going to connect with that one NPC or that one item and be like, oh my god, this is so broken now. And not like a natural progression, but we're gonna find something that really you're gonna to have to tame down somehow. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I think it's also important that um, I say that we are going to be using the fate system uh, for people who aren't as familiar, um, especially like right now we're planning on uh, or we're going through with uh, fate accelerated. Um, so the progression for that isn't necessarily like level up. Um, as we progress through the story, the players will get to change uh, what are called aspects. And these are like key elements of their characters. They'll get to change these slightly uh, they'll get to tweak tweak them some. Um, they'll get some bonuses to what are called approaches. It's kind of like a skill check, um, but it's not going to be the same kind of ultra powerful leveling up process that people are familiar with, say in D and D. So that's and that's that's not for for us. That's for people out there in in podcast land listening to this. Um, so. When Alex was saying we're going that they're the players are going or the characters are going to get more way more powerful, that's more sh- what she means. It's not we're we're not we're not really in the traditional level up uh, 
process here. So we're gonna hit level twenty. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. In the demon's depths. <laughs> mm, yes. Uh, so the next one is: mm-hmm. Is there something specific that you're looking forward to? Since I know what all of our characters are like. I am super fascinated to see what happens. And not so much that I think we're going to fight, but I want to know what connects us as a group together. I think my character, I I honestly think my character with Ethan's and with Bianca's is going to be a misfit trio, but I think it's going to work out great. I think they're really going to be thick as thieves, and I can't wait for the moment where that clicks for everybody too, where... Though the one inter- interaction between me and Ethan that really gets them to be cemented in as friends or her and Bianca's character or me and Bianca's character, I guess. I There's going to be a dramatic, emotional moment that brings that all together, and I'm fucking ready. Nice. I like it. I, 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 I definitely am looking forward to that myself, just like seeing how you all will work together. And that's also kind of going to be part of our session zero is like kind of figuring each other out a little bit. Not not entirely because, I mean, we'll still want to have some of those uh, dramatic hangups uh, throughout the show. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how you all kind of play off each other. And I think in the, the time that we've hung out so far, I think you've you all done that wonderfully. So... It can only go up from here. I mean, ew, they're gross. Look. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Love> you guys. <laughs> other than getting super powerful and looking to make uh, a few friends, what do you think your character is going to achieve? I think she's going to get away with murder. Ooh. Again. <laughs> I... I... I think it's going to be planned, plotted, convinced, and I think she's going to get away with murder. Okay. All right. Very interesting. Yep. So that covers our time capsule questions. Uh-huh. Uh, we will, again, revisit this in a year and see how how close or how far off your estimations were or you know, see what things you achieved in that. And how you feel about them afterwards. But now, super special lightning round. Can I give a disclaimer? Uh-oh. Because, okay, um, I, I feel like at some point I need to explain that I, I, as the producer, I really like having interviews with the players. And that's why I'm making everyone do it. But mm-hmm. I really like lightning rounds because it's a split decision thing. The last time I did an interview with a lightning round, I'm awful at it. Where I'll bounce around three things and not decide a single one. So buckle up because it's about to be completely pointless. Let's do it. All right. So it's going to start off pretty easy. Um, okay. And it's going to get a little bit more difficult as we go. So hopefully, okay. you know, the yeah, I'll help you warm up a little bit. All right. All right. Let's stretch. Let's do it. Okay. First one. Favorite color. Green. PC or console. PC. Favorite flavor of cake? Mm. Okay, you see, you say you started. 
easy. Now it got hard here. Um, yeah. Actually, it is lemon poppy seed cake with raspberry jam. Ooh, that does sound good. It's so good. Favorite season? Mm, fall. Favorite dessert? All. All? But All the dessert? cheesecake. <laughs> don't. Uh, we don't have time for this. Not um, cheesecake? You sure? I freaking hate cheesecake. It's not even cake. <laughs> okay. Um, no. Okay. My favorite dessert is... I don't know, dude. It's okay. You can tell people that it's cheesecake. We're not going it's to not judge It's not cheesecake. You. Oh, my God. Um, no, because then, like, I think of, like, what do I always order at a restaurant? And I'll always order at a restaurant if they have it, like, a, a nice dark chocolate cake that has ganache and everything on it. However, even though I'm talking about that right now, I'm lying. There's a restaurant in Missoula, Montana called Pearl Cafe, and they have the best butterscotch pudding ever. Sounds super simple, but it's the best. Okay. So, cake or butterscotch pudding? Mm-hmm. So, favorite music genre? I'm I, again. I'm torn. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm super into the lo-fi, lo-fi, <laughs> lo-fi <laughs> thing that's on YouTube that the hive mind listen to right now. But I also really like modern blues, modern country. So, like the Dead South, this kind okay. of alternative punk country sound. It's super awesome. Yeah. yeah, very into it. Cleo and Congos. Anything with a heavy bass and country sounding. Oh, yeah. Well, love me some congos. Mm-hmm. All right. Best way to chill after a long day? No pants. No bra. Porter to drink. And watching. Mm-hmm. Watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Nice. If you could spend a day in a fictional universe, pick one to spend that day. I'd want to spend a day in the Shire. Aww. <laughs> I want to get drunk. <laughs> I want to have a good time. Yeah. And I want to see those cute little houses. <laughs> party with the party people. I mean, that's what they do. They either like, either they're chilling, they're eating, or they're partying. That's what they yeah, do. Yeah, they're kind of my people in a sense. Like, I, they're a little bit more extroverted than me. So I'd be way more of a bag ends hiding in my in my place most of the time. Ooh. But if I was there for just one day, for one day, I think I could manage to be a people person. So the last of the lightning round is mm-hmm. cats or dogs? Dogs. So that brings <laughs> us to our, our very, very last bit. The something that you put in yourself. It's the pet tax question. Tell me about that fur baby you got. Call back Indy. I wrote most of these. <laughs> um, <laughs> I okay. know, I'm no. just saying. <laughs> no, uh, pet tax. So I have a beautiful puppy boy. He, His name is Indy. I'm sure at some point you will hear him crying in the background of a recording. I'm going to do my best to avoid that. But he is a lab mix. He's about 75 pounds. And he's actually my emotional support animal. And his way of supporting me is to lay on me. Because that's what I trained him to do. However, uh, a panic attack must be really similar to working out because I cannot work out around him without him freaking out and laying on top of me because he thinks I am stressed <laughs> and I, that I yeah. need rescuing. So I, I, it's hard to work out with him in the same room because he just wants to help his mom so bad. So yeah. bad. Yeah. That, well, that makes sense. I mean, you, you get kind of either pallor or red faced, and then mm-hmm. like you're short of breath. And so, I mean, you're it, it, putting out those stress hormones, I'm exactly. sure. So I, 
I get it. It's very sweet of him. <laughs> he just wants to help. Yeah, he's he loves to help. He will help you bring in groceries by tripping over or letting you trip over him. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. will uh, help by waking you up in the morning by kissing your face. Uh-uh. He'll help. If, if you're not playing with him, he'll let you know because he'll bring all his toys over by you. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just as a helper. That's what he does. Indeed, a helper. Big, lovable helper. Indeed. And he's named after Indiana Jones. I guess someone might ask that because they're like, oh, like Indiana? Like the state? No. No. Like like the like the dog. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the Jones family dog. Yeah, I get it. You, you named yourself after a dog? Oh. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> I feel like we need to put a link to that scene. Um, okay, so that uh, that wraps up the interview for Alex for the show that we are doing, Facades of Gods. Indeed. Yes. Thanks for having me, Kyle. This was fun. And I I want to thank you not just for doing the interview with me, but also for you know being being open to being on the show and for producing it as well. Um, I want to thank you for being there to be the fallback for me on this and let me also uh, uh welcome you to the uh, the show itself because you're going to be along for the ride for for most of it so <laughs> goddamn right you invited me I you did. can't take that back i am here now and That's... i am not going anywhere nope make sure of that make you guys sign contracts you guys are now my friends forever that's how that works just sneak into the contract friends forever (laughs) friendship clause (laughs) oh no oh thank you for joining us watch out for our last interview with me the showrunner Kyle catch you then This has been a no-show radio production.